All right, everyone. Welcome back to the seventh episode of the Chats at the Charity Stripe podcast. I'm your co-host, Jacob. And I'm your other co-host, Josh. Uh, so basically, we had discussed this. We had briefly mentioned it last week, but we're going to start calling this this introduction part the press break. thought it was pretty basketball-oriented. So uh, why don't we just get into the press break and start talking about some of the new guys that have been uh, signed and moved around the league a little bit. Uh, yeah, let's start with the big name, probably the biggest name that was mm-hmm. left on the free agent market. Christian Wood signs a two-year deal with the Lakers, second year as a player option. Essentially, vet men both years. Uh, thoughts? A good sign. I mean, it, you, I, as as the Lakers, if you had the ability to sign him, I don't know why you didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm surprised if they were already offering this to them, why was Christian Wood not accepting it? it I mean, this team is super stacked right now. Mm-hmm. High high uh, chance of getting deep in the playoffs and then to the finals. So, I mean, if he wants a contending team, I mean, he's got it here. So, a, a very good pickup from both both sides, though. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think so. Christian Wood. The reason he wasn't signed is because he's not very good defensively. <laughs> um, that's the plain and simple. And this is one of the few teams where he's got a guy that could potentially cover for him with Anthony Davis, right? Yeah. And not only that, but he can space the floor, which lets Anthony Davis, you know, play inside, maybe play a little bit more four, and he's kind of a spacing five. Uh, and then even if he's running with the second unit, right, and they're probably not going to be as defensively oriented with that, so it's not right. such a big deal. Um, I think this is a really good signing for both. Essentially, if you're the Lakers, he's the best guy available. Right. He's a really good fit, and if he doesn't end up work out, he's probably you can probably trade him. And it really wasn't like the 15th spot on your roster. You don't really need much out of it. And then Christian Wood, like I said, good fit for him offensively because he's really good offensively and then defensively. He can't uh, guard a parked car. The parked can't. car that Blake Griffin dunked over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but if you have Anthony Davis on the floor, you yeah, don't have to I guard mean, too much. You don't much. really need it. So They just need really good help defense to help Anthony Davis out for helping yeah. <laughs> Christian Wood out. If but, he can just give give effort defensively. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I hope he's seeing this, this offseason as a chance to work on that. Hmm. For, I mean, there's no reason why he should not come into this next season better defensively. Right. Because he can't be he can't be much worse. So And and if he's looking at himself, you know, if he's a, a just a playable defender Right, where mm-hmm. he's easily fifteen million a year. I mean, he was what like 50, over fifty percent in the field, thirty-seven mm-hmm. percent from three last year, averaging around sixteen, seventeen points a game. Yeah, I mean that's easily fifteen, twenty million a year if you can play right. defense at all. Yeah, yeah, very good pickup. Um, next person want to move on to uh, Danny Green resigns with the seventy er Well, not resigns. He was with the Cavaliers. Uh, but is now coming back to the 76ers on a one-year deal. Uh, what what do you think about that? Um, I mean, I don't think it moves the needle for me right. with the 76ers, <laughs> but if you get into a playoff situation, there's definitely minutes for a guy like him. If he can right. play a few minutes, you know, 15 minutes at his old, his old self, then that's mm-hmm. definitely value there. Regular season probably doesn't do much just because yeah. he's old. He's not going to, like, eat minutes up or anything like that, so... But 
probably the best guy available at this point. So Right. You don't think he's going to take over James Harden's role whenever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think he's probably James Harden's replacement. That's what the Sixers are thinking with this signing. With an aging, a non, no more efficient Danny Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on to the next name, uh, Boban Marjanovic. Uh Resigns with a one-year deal, one-year deal to the Rockets. Um, he, he, I mean, giant. He is a giant. That's he pretty much just brings a, a defensive presence in the in the paint. I mean, he's not a super efficient scorer. Um, it would. I I just it, I think it's a good signing to keep him, but it's not really anything that's super crazy. I think this is just locker room signing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boban hasn't played consistent minutes since. I don't know, Philly maybe? Mm-hmm. It has been a while since he's played. He's just not, you know, he can't can't do much in the pick and roll defensively and offensively. He's not a floor spacer, so yeah, just not a whole lot of room for him in the NBA, sadly. Yeah. Uh, another name, uh, Duop Reith. Uh, he just, just signed a one-year deal with the Trailblazers. Uh, so he was initially from LSU. Uh, he played a year with... Uh, Australia in the World Cup this this uh, this summer and was also on the Blazers summer league team. So uh, he's been he's been I believe he's been to Serbia and in China for a little bit of time, uh, kind of developing. So we'll we'll see. He's a young young guy. I believe he's 24, 25 years old. Um, definitely not gonna bring Dame <laughs> confidently back to the Trail Blazers. But I mean, developing young talent—that's that's what they, the Trailblazers need right now. I, think, I believe he's a stretch stretch three to a four. Okay. I believe uh, this is his main position. I know nothing about him, so I won't comment <laughs> at this time. Uh, anyone else? Uh, I I just saw like recently before we started recording, Tristan Thompson just signed with the Cavs, re-signed with the Cavs. Okay. Um, so bringing him back, I'm surpri- I was really surprised that he is continuing to want to play ball. Um, he's only like 32, he's 32, 32, yeah. which is shocking. He seems much older, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think he scored maybe four points per game in the couple of games he was with the Lakers in the off season or the postseason. So I, I hope he returns to somewhat like he was whenever LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love were on the team as well. So he's just going to add more. Big depth to the already stacked Cavaliers uh, big man roster. Yeah. Um, in some really disappointing injury news, Trey Murphy the third for the Pelicans is out at least 10 to 12 weeks uh, after yep. surgery to repair a partially torn meniscus. Yeah. that's I, He is one of the guys that will get you buckets off the off the bench for them. It seems like the Pelicans have just been riddled with injuries over the last couple of years. It, it, it's just super unfortunate to see guys go down with yeah. with these injuries before the season's even started. Um, hopefully, it was basketball related and not just some fluke incident. He was bending down to clean his pick dishes out of his dishwasher or something, and he <laughs> tears slightly tears his left meniscus. But no, on you know all the all the all the best to him if he, as he goes through this this rehab. Um, anyone else? You can think of. I saw campaign all as well was released. Oh yeah, by, just released. Yeah, um, by the Spurs, and is now a free agent and can possibly sign with any 
contender. I mean, he's a he's a big name, a big not a big name isn't a star, but big role player name. I mean, he can go onto any any team and really just bring in chemistry. Yeah. I'm wondering if I honestly wonder if the Suns will try and bring him back. Wouldn't as, surprise me. Um, that'd be very interesting if they trade him. He gets cut and he comes right back. Yeah. Um, definitely, maybe maybe the Heat are a team to look for here. Yeah. Right, get some point guard depth there, um, and he's kind of got that toughness and stuff that the Heat look for. So yeah, we'll see. I saw, I did see the Heat are going to pursue uh, Ubre as well, mm. um, which there if it, what it says is if they're if they're trying pursuing Dame as hard as they can, obviously they're going to have to give up a lot of role players. So just having Ubre there as some sort of depth whenever Dame gets there. Mm. I mean, it. It's Kelly Oubre can possibly bring that. Right. But um, any other names you can think of? I think that's about all the the moves. Yeah. In the NBA. I I do want to mention one more thing before we get out of the press break here. Uh, the NBA competition committee committee oh, is going that. to be voting on uh, possible stricter guidelines for sitting players multiple games throughout the season. Um, it trying to ward off the uh, the pretty much Kawhi Leonard effect. The load management. <laughs> load Thanks, management. Yeah. So I, they're going to be voting on it. Nothing's final. So we'll see what that. I don't know who is on the competition committee. I don't know what that entails. If it's like GMs, owners, whatever it may be. But we'll just have to see. Um, I would assume if. Owners are going to be voting on stricter guidelines. They're probably going to vote no because they can be fined uh, a certain amount for yeah. for sitting players. So I would assume if it's GMs or any anyone inside the teams, um, front offices or anything, they're probably going to say no to it. The interesting thing that I have with this is how does how do you enforce it? Right, if a team says a guy is injured, I I don't want a world where they have to play him. Um, and so, like, how do you prove that a guy's not injured? Exactly. So I, I don't know how effective this will be. And I believe it only applies to what quote-unquote Star. stars. You can't rest multiple stars on the same game. That's exactly my question. was like, how are they rating a star player? Because a star player is different for every team. Because if you look at the, if you look at the Rockets team, none of those people on that team seem like a star player to me. Or, the, you know, it, you can argue... Fred Van Vliet, but I, I don't think anyone on that team is a star. And if you rest those guys, are you not going to get penalized for it? So I think uh, right going into the voting, which this may change, the mm-hmm. qualification to be a star was an all-star or all-NBA team within the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, again, I, I don't know how you really enforce it, but maybe it scares teams a little bit. Right. You have to have something legitimate to put on the paper, and so yeah. maybe you get a little bit less rest. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those things that I think the NBA is just kind of spitballing things right now to see what they can possibly do to combat this. Because in all reality, I mean, Kobe has said prior, you know, obviously before he passed, um, he gave his all every single day. He tried his best to play every single game because he, he there may have been that mom that paid five hundred dollars to get a ticket to uh, a plane ticket to fly to to for his their their son daughter to see him play and what if he sits and they miss that so i i, I really like that right like that 
pretty much what what Kobe was going going where with that. Wow, if I could speak, but <laughs> but um, no, I, I I just think if if star players are sitting, you're not getting your money's worth as a fan to see this the, the what basically what the NBA is built on is star players. Yeah. Um, I, I do think probably their incentives with the minimum game number for mm-hmm. uh, postseason awards is probably a better incentive for that because, right. I mean, players are going to want to play even if they just check in, which that's going to hurt their stats. So right. I think that's a pretty good incentive. I like where that's going. Um, I Also, it's interesting because there have been some studies that Load management isn't necessarily helping players right. get injured less because they're just less prepared for the game. So hopefully we'll see a little bit less load management going forward. Yeah, I'm not. I have never been a f- huge fan of load management, and I it, this just doesn't seem the right way to to combat that. But I just I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, and good good thing I'm not paid to figure out the way that <laughs> for, for that to be gotten rid of. But. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll follow up on this whenever the the vote comes. I, I, I don't know. I think it's that early next week they're going to be voting. So we'll, you know, next time we we record, we'll follow up on it. But uh, you want to move on to the World Cup? Yep. <laughs> Thoughts? Uh, well, first of all, uh, just a quick rundown: yep. Germany beats um, Serbia. Serbia in the gold medal game to take gold. Obviously, Serbia gets silver, and then Canada. Defeated the U.S. in overtime to take bronze. Mm-hmm. Um, really crazy ending in regulation. I didn't watch yeah. the game, but uh, Mikel Bridges intentionally missed a free throw, got the rebound, dribbled out to the corner, and hit a three to tie the game. It was yeah. kind of ridiculous. It, his body was like almost face, facing the opposite direction from the hoop, too. Yeah. Uh, he twirled around enough to kind of kick his legs out to give him enough to to, to it was a perfect swish too mm-hmm. which was even more impressive but um what it what are your thoughts on the the USA Canada game overall like do you do you think this is a failure for the US or do you think that this is not really indicative of how the Olympics are going to be what do you what do you think well first of all I don't think it's indicative of how the Olympics are going to be because even even like France will probably have more of their right. better players for the Olympics. I do think there is some failure from the U.S., but the U.S. has traditionally not really cared about the Olympics. Occasionally, you'll have a really big up-and-coming star that will come out and show out and win win the World Cup. But I don't, I don't think this is necessarily – I mean, this it's the U.S. cycle I've seen, right? They lose the World Cup. Everyone's angry. And now the big stars come out for the Olympics and then yep. they win and then they don't come for the World Cup. So overall, there was a lot of failure within the World Cup itself from right. the coaching staff and the way the team was uh, built. But I don't think it's like an overall like, man, the U.S. got to do better because right. they didn't win the World Cup. Um, the other teams are really good, too. Just want to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, like like I said last week or two weeks ago, whenever we recorded was these teams of these other teams that we're competing against mostly have been playing together a, a, their whole life like their countries play against each other in um cross country euro basket and stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah i mean those are the teams that are playing most of the time together and so the us doesn't really have i mean we're 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 we are getting players from all teams around the nba who have probably never played any time with each other before and so it doesn't just 
you don't get that team chemistry and know their tendencies of other players in two months before you start playing. Like that's it's there's just not enough time. And and that's not me saying that I think that there needs to be be more time. I think as long as the U.S. goes out and competes, it, that's that's all I care about. Really, is, is it, we've already qualified for the Olympics, which is like the if you want to say like that's that's the big thing that we're mm-hmm. kind of going for. So I, that's 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 really what I, I care about. As long as we're going out and competing and showing the world that we're not just flopping over and don't care, yeah. I'm I'm just glad that we got the turnout that we did with players because a lot of the last 2019, we had a bunch of players who said no, I'm not going to play, and we had a pretty poorly built roster then, even even more than this year. Yeah, um, I think. I think there was some roster flaws. I think probably the biggest one that stands out to me is Jaron Jackson Jr. in the NBA mm-hmm. is really good because he plays the four. He can essentially right. roam, and he can play off the ball. He doesn't have to rebound. Somebody else does that for him. He just contests shots. That's all he does, and he's very, very good at it. And then you put him in FIBA World Cup, and he plays literally all of his minutes at the five, has no other big beside him. I mean, there's essentially four-guard lineup with mm-hmm. him, and it just didn't utilize his skills well. And part of that is on Grant Hill. I think he builds the roster, right? I believe the so. the GM. So you didn't really get him the running mate. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, Walker Kessler, inexperienced, but he was there. Steve Kerr yeah. didn't play him. They didn't get really any two big lineups at all, even if it was right. Caro and Jaron Jackson Jr. So not optimizing the players that they had, I think, was a big problem. Um, and... Obviously, I'm not taking making saying that Jaron Jackson Jr. averaging three rebounds a game is the best, but right. they didn't really optimize the roster that they had mm-hmm. or necessarily make sure that the players they got were fitting together. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and and that's another thing is the coaching staff as well. These coaching staffs in in the NBA have gotten so used to each other having having backup coaches to kind of help them and produce the statistics and show them like even Steve Kerr has people behind him saying like this is working better this time why don't we plug mm. Draymond Green in and, and take Clay out in this situation that that type of thing there are those people here but we also have three great basketball minds in uh, Steve Kerr uh, Eric Spolstra and Ty Lue as coaches and they're, I don't think that they were really competing. I think that they just didn't have one major straight mindset with each other. Yeah. I mean, they all have different coaching styles, vastly different coaching styles, mm. and you can't kind of, you can't coagulate in that into one again in two months. It's not only the players; it's the coaches too. And I I, I think that that's overall it, it it was it was kind of a mess, mm. but it's we still got fourth place in a mess like and <laughs> it's. A good thing to point out here would be Canada, Shea Gilgis Alexander, mm-hmm. Dylan Brooks, RJ Barrett, all on that team. Uh, Lou Dort, Nikhil mm-hmm. Alexander Walker, all like rotation or better NBA players. And then yep. Germany, Schroeder, Tice, uh, the Wagners. both of the Wagners, mm-hmm. all NBA players, all second contractor yep. or more. Uh, Serbia, Bogdanovic, mm-hmm. uh, Jovic. So. It's not like they're playing against non-NBA players. All of these right. really good World Cup teams are led by good NBA players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were there any surprises in teams for you? 
Like, was Serbia a surprise? Serbia was a surprise for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, no Jokic. I kind of assumed that. It, yeah. I mean, things are looking up for them for the Olympics if they're getting silver without Jokic. Yeah. For sure. And then Canada, um, I mean, obviously they're really good, but they could have had Jamal Murray out there. Yeah. So. <laughs> and Andrew Wiggins. And Wig- Wiggins, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely could have picked up a couple more players as well. This, uh, all, some other teams that are possibly going to be stacked here shortly, the Philippines – so Clay Thompson is not originally from the Philippines, but his family is, and I think that is enough to get him to go, like, to play for the team. So Clay Thompson has agreed, or possibly agreed. They they've heard mm. rumors that Clay Thompson will play for the Philippines in the Olympics next year. Um, and then there's also some. Uh, both the Mobley twins are from the Philippines. Really? That team that team would have both of them on there. Um, and then there's two more. There was a there was another there was a center and a point guard. I can't remember. Isn't uh, isn't Clarkson from the Philippines? Yes. Yeah, he played for him this year in the in the World Cup, and someone else. I can't remember. It was a it was a big man. But I mean, there's many teams around the world that are kind of these are the definition of super teams right now. <laughs> um, and Joel Embiid has a lot in balance depending on who he plays for because he's mm-hmm. got I think he's got three countries he can play for. Is it? Yeah. Uh, it's, France, the U.S., and Nigeria? Maybe? I believe so. Uh, I think he's eligible to play with all of those. So yeah. if he plays for France or the U.S., obviously those teams are looking pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm very glad that Paulo Bancaro declined Italy and came to play for us. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was very glad. Very important that. Uh, for that. Yeah. Um, how much credibility do you take from the recent reports that LeBron James and other stars want to play in the Olympics. See, that's, that I actually wrote that down here to talk about it. But yeah, so the the names that three big names are LeBron, KD, and Steph have been in talks about joining the Olympic team. I could see LeBron doing this one last time, especially if it's entering his last year. If, let's just say hypothetically 2024 and 25 is his last year of basketball. Mm-hmm. If he gets one more gold medal, that would pretty much be a perfect cap to his career. It, it, well, plus a off-season yeah. cap. Yeah, if, if he won a championship with whatever team that mm. Bronny's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do think that there is probably some rumblings amongst big NBA stars right now saying, are we just going to roll over and let this happen type of thing. So I, I do think that there's probably some, some big names in, in talks right now about how, how they can make this happen. Now, I don't know. I don't know all, if we can get all of them because years back in 2016, I believe in the Olympics, basically a whole bunch of names committed and then all of them decommitted. And then, Carmelo was like the big name yeah. there, so I, I, I think it's a lot of talk until I, I see I see some action actually about it. So. Yeah. And the the big thing for me is I don't know if you watched the documentary on Netflix about the the Redeem team in '08. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, Coach K came in. A year ahead of time, so around this time after the FIBA World Cup, and said, "This is exactly what's going to happen," or coach and got the coaching staff because he had the similar thing where there was, there, Greg Popovich was on the team and as a coach, and I, there was one other big name coach as well. But he said, "This is how it's going to happen. This is how we're going to run it. Start 
working as like looking at the plays that we're going to run and talking to the guys you're going to be on teams with like obviously you're going to be going into this NBA season as enemies but build chemistry amongst them throughout the, the year and then be ready next summer hmm. by the when the as soon as this season ends we're going to get right into it hmm. and we have 2 months before August occurs you know with with the Olympics hmm. We're going to go kick butt. And they did. They went out and LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant. um, uh, KD. KD, I think, was on the team, too. Uh, uh, I think Anthony Davis. No, AD was probably 12, 2012. Yes, when he was playing. He was a collegiate player at that point. Um, And then Darren Williams was also on that when he was big in the NBA. I think Dwight Howard was on that. Dwight Howard. They had a – that was a stacked – yeah. Team, so I really think Steve Kerr, Eric Spolstra, one of or Ty Lue even needs to one of them needs to be the anchor like Coach K was, and they're going off of this anchor now. Hmm. That's really how I think that this is going to amount to anything. Is they have to have some sort of idea of what they're coming into next season. Hmm. And then I, th- I think we'll have a better chance. And obviously, if we can get Steph, Katie, and uh, LeBron, I mean, that would help tremendously. Yeah. Especially if Serbia gets gets um, Jokic. Jokic. I mean, or we're Embiid definitely going to need. to France. Yeah. Um, obviously, Giannis will probably be playing for Greece. Yep. Um, I, here's what I'll say. Katie, I believe, because he's been every Olympics since he was – basically available that he yeah. could be in the Olympics he's gone to. Um, Steph is, here's the thing, right? He's going to be, I think, I want to say 36 next off season. I believe so, yeah. If they don't make a deep playoff run, is he going to be thinking, well, I got to go next year's maybe my last mm-hmm. chance to be the number one guy and get a championship. If they do make a deep playoff run, he's essentially going to be playing from the start of this season till what, September? Yeah. Or it, late August. It, it'd be August. I believe it's August 28th or something like that, the Olympics end. So that's a long time for a 36-year-old to be playing. Yeah. And then the same thing for LeBron James. He's going to be 39 next summer. Yeah. Now, if they do get all those stars, you know, maybe they're there and they're playing mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes in a game and it's not that big a deal. Right. I think it's probably more important that we get guys like D-Book – and yeah. Tatum, Brown, like all these guys, the younger guys to be younger there. Younger stars. Yeah. Instead of younger role players. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of what this this team was for the FIBA Cup. And you you want to know it's really weird. I just got a, a, a thing from ESPN saying that Team USA is recruiting Embiid uh, to their team. So. That's another interesting one. A guy that, you know, a lot of injuries there. Mm-hmm. You know, is he even going to be available? He's... Always yeah. injured in the postseason, so is he going to be available yeah. for an Olympic run? After another uh, second round exit, I'm sure he will probably have a little bit of time to rest <laughs> yeah. up, though. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Next year's the year they break through with yeah. all of the drama. It's they're poised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they'll, they'll break through right after James Harden rightfully agrees and surrenders to come back to. Yeah. <laughs> fully come back to, to the Sixers. Oh, my. Um,. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I think there is a high chance these big names come out. I, I it's it's just how it is. I mean the, the FIBA World Cup, like you said, it's poor showing and then Olympics come around and we get some big names, we go out and compete really hard. We either you know, unless it's 
2000, 2000, 2004, 2012, no, no. we won in 12. So it, those, those two, because we won in 8, 12, 16, and 20. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We what, did we win in twenty? It was well, technically twenty one. Yeah, because it was twenty. The pandemic. Yeah. But. yeah, we won then. That was KD and Tatum and I think Lillard. Yeah. Were on that team. Yeah. Keldon Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, it. I I think we'll probably end up with some big names. I'm not sure if LeBron or Steph will be on that team, but like you said, KD will you know probably try to be on the team, and he I think he breaks. Melo's record then for being on the most most USA teams. Well, and he probably breaks. Does he break the record for most gold medals, or does he already? He might already have that. Possibly as a, as a basketball player. Melo was 04, 08, 12, and sixteen. So he competed in four, and he had three golds. In three golds, and KD was 08, 12, 16, so 21, goals. and this will be his fifth Olympics. Then yeah, if he did that, I think I th- I want to say. Sue Bird has five golds, maybe. Yes, she does. So yeah. he would have to play this year to catch her. Yeah. Um, I, I think another thing that's interesting for Team USA is in the Olympics they need everyone to come out or nobody's mm-hmm. going to come out because yep. if you doesn't matter who's on the team if Team USA goes out doesn't get gold. Yep. It's a failure, and you don't you just don't want to be a part of that. If so, it's kind of like if LeBron and Steph. And KD all of a sudden pull out, a lot of these younger guys might be like, well, I don't know now. Yeah, I, I don't really want to be a... Well, I mean, that's exactly what happened in 20, 2016, too, where all the, a big a bunch of big names committed, and then they were like, you know what, I, I don't want to get injured, and I want to be ready for the next season. And then some smaller names then pulled back, too. Mm-hmm. So I, it, we, we cannot have a repeat of 2016. We barely won in 2016. Yeah. So I... I th- it, it's it it just comes down to these big name guys. We gotta have, like you said, we gotta have guys coming out of the woodwork to, to help us. Who from the the World Cup team do you want to see in the Olympics? The current, like the the this US year's team, team, yeah. Okay, um, Paulo Bencaro. You want to see him on the Olympic team? Yes, okay. Paulo Bencaro. Uh, I don't think Austin Reeves would make the cut. I don't think. Uh, We're in Jerry trouble. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> if Austin um, was there, I think. The other one I could see is, um, oh my gosh, Nick's shooting guard. Just came from Dallas last year. What? Oh my gosh. Why am I blanking Nick, on his... Josh Hart? No. Or Jalen no, no, Brunson? No. Jalen Brunson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Jalen Brunson. I could see him on the team as well if we don't get, like, as a bench role. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near starting, but I think he can add some some point volume to the team. But I think uh, I think I'd like uh, to Mikkel see Bridges. Yeah, I'd like to see Mikel Bridges because every team needs one or two Mikel Bridges on yeah. their team. Uh, yeah. You can play him everywhere, anywhere, anytime. Uh, and I think Ant is the yes. other one, and maybe yes. maybe Tyrese Halliburton, depending on yeah. the point guard situation, because he can. I mean, if they got a lot of really athletic wings out there, and you yeah. can just have him throwing the ball ahead, mm-hmm. making pace, go crazy. I, I would like to see that, but. Other than that, Jaron Jackson Jr., I just don't think there's a big man for the U.S. that fits his his yeah. ideal spot. Like, there just really isn't. No. And, and the best I, the best thing we could possibly do is have a traditional big and then have him at the four. But we don't really have very many traditional bigs at U.S. born. 
And so. if we have a traditional big, that means we don't have a star player at the right. five, and we really want a star player there. Right. I think Bam Adebayo is actually a much, much better fit for what yeah. Team USA wants to do in the Olympics. Yeah, that, that's true. And it, Paulo is similar. I, I feel like Paulo and Bam have similar play styles. I mean, obviously, Bam stretches the floor, floor a little bit more, or Paulo stretches the floor a little bit more than Bam. But and Bam has a lot better experience distribution and defense. Yes. Yeah, so I I think that they I I think if they do go with Bam, Paulo Paulo could be like a backup for that. Uh, Paulo's just really physical and big, mm-hmm. and I think that f- plays well in the Olympics. Yeah, well, yeah, especially um, well. One of the things in, in FIBA and the Olympics is you can grab the ball off the rim, which mm-hmm. I really thought Jaron Jackson Jr. and Walker Kessler were going to do a lot of. I didn't. I didn't see a single time when that happened. Like if if the ball is bouncing or as soon as it hits the rim, it's, it's not alive. considered a goaltending. Yeah, and so they can swat the ball off the rim, or as long as it's not with like down beneath the the plane of like the hoop. Mm-hmm. Like you can't hit it back up through the hoop. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that would be pretty entertaining. It's like kind of reverse polo then, but a water polo, but. Yeah, I, I, there's just a lot of orientations they can take with this team to send it in the right direction, but we got to have the big names yeah. show out. Um, all right, you ready to move on to the WNBA playoffs? Yes, let's do it. All right, so as we're recording this, the season just ended yesterday. Um, just real quick rundown of the seating. We have Aces at 1, Liberty at 2, Sun at 3, Wings at 4. Dream at five, Lynx at six, Mystics at seven, and the Sky at eight. Yeah, the the matchups: Vegas, Chicago, uh, Dallas, or at the at the one and eight, Vegas, Chicago, four and five, Dallas, Atlanta. Winner of that play those two games plays each other, and then on the other side of the bracket, New York, Washington play each other, and then uh, the Connecticut. Connecticut, Connecticut, and then, yeah, uh, and then Minnesota play each other, and then the winner of those play each other, and then those two games, the winner of those are in the final. Um, each of those, the first round is a best of three, and then the semifinal and the finals are best of five series. Hmm. Uh, so it's a little bit different from the NBA playoffs. They cut four games off of the the first series and then two games off of the the finals and semifinals and the first round the three game series it's up the higher seed gets the first two games at home mm-hmm. and then the lower seed gets game three at home and then the uh semifinals and the finals are two two one format mm-hmm. as far as upper seed is home away home right um and let's see aces sky and sun links is on wednesday and the series starts on Wednesday, and then Liberty Mystics and Wings Dream starts on Friday. Um, all right, you just want to walk through these matchups and yeah. predict them. What do we got? That yeah. sort of stuff. You want to start with the one eight? Yeah, I'll start right with the there. easy one. Yeah. Aces. I mean, yeah. aces are just that good. I think it's a two game series and over with. Hey, hey, you know what? Chicago, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. But. Put some good basketball on because I'll watch these games. You know, if if I possibly can, I'm going to watch these games because that's going to be, you know, especially with the aces in it, it's going to be a good good series. Um, yeah, I think I think the aces are going to take that. The sky just haven't been consistent enough mm-hmm. all year, and the aces just have way too much on both ends. 
Yep. Uh, I think it's two games. It's not really close. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty simple series there. Yeah. Yep. I I think that's probably the the easiest matchup to pick yeah. here. Uh, moving on, we got the Liberty and the Mystics. I've got the Liberty in that as well, just because they've been playing, they've been neck and neck with the Aces all season. Uh, uh, Ionescu, Sabrina Ionescu is is healthy now. She was kind of battling battling a little bit of injury towards the end of the season. She's come back the last couple of games and showed out, uh, put up pretty good uh, scoring. And I'll run through it here in just a minute, but set a season record of three pointers in one season. And the weird thing is that was that record was set by. Diana Taurasi. Taurasi in, like, I think 07, I want to say. 06, so. 07, yeah. It's been a while. Which which is nuts because they added a couple more games onto this. Well, I think I think Inescu actually didn't even play 36 games. I don't know how oh, many okay. Taurasi that's, played. That's still so. nuts. <laughs> but, yeah, and she's doing it at a she's, – so she's hitting 44% and taking eight threes a game, which is absolutely ridiculous efficiency <laughs> and volume. Yeah. And she is my – she is my favorite player in the WNBA to watch. Yeah, me too. I think once Caitlin Clark gets into the WNBA, it'll be similar. Um, like, pretty, very entertaining player. Um, Aja, Aja Wilson from the Aces is also a very entertaining player to watch as well. But Ionescu is just, she plays very much just all, all around well. Wow, <laughs> she's very she's very good all around at being a basketball player. There's very very few holes in her game. She's the only player in the W this year to average seventeen seven and seven. So, mm-hmm. uh, so this this series is very interesting to me. Liberty literally been the best team in the all in the W since the All Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Mystics they were injured all year and now they have. Uh, Deladon back, and I think Shakira Austin will be back for this matchup as well. Yep. Obviously, Christy Tolliver just tore ACL. That's big. But overall, the Mystics are a really good team. If you're the Liberty, you can't be happy that you did all that and you end up with one of the best teams in the W yeah. just as they're getting healthy. That's why they end up at the seven seed. So yeah. I think the Liberty probably win this in three. But it's get a close matchup. It's tighter than you'd want if you're the Liberty. Yeah, I they just come. They just uh, battled each other yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yesterday they and the Mystics won on a buzzer beater. Yeah. literally double clutch, uh, like pump fake, makes the shot from probably fi- uh, 12, 15 feet at the free throw line. Uh, I mean that's. You can't get any better than that as like a series. I hope every game is like that though, yeah. down to the wire, just punch for punch. This this series is going to be very entertaining to watch. Um, all right, Sun versus Lynx. I have the Sun here. They've been really consistent all year. Mm-hmm. They have an identity. They know exactly what they're going to do on both ends. Um, they're just they're just really good. Yeah, I agree. I have the Suns as well. Uh, the only thing I can I can say is with the Lynx, uh, oh, what's uh, shooting guard there? Oh my goodness, I'm forgetting her name. She's Maya, um, I can't remember her name. Maya Moore? Maya, oh, she's not on the Lynx anymore. Yeah, Yeah. uh, but when she was on the Lynx, they were super competitive. That's, that's what I was thinking about. But yeah, I, I think the Suns definitely have this series though. Yeah, it, Alyssa Thomas has just been really good, both ends of the floor, and mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, I think I think the Sun take this probably in two games. Um, they're just really consistent all year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dallas Atlanta. I think this is probably the most interesting series because both teams mm-hmm. can be really good, but they both <laughs> struggle to do the same thing every night. Um, whichever team plays their their basketball for yeah. two games out of three is a good team that's going to win. I think it's the Wings. They're a little bit more talented. Yeah. Um, they have a little bit more margin for error, but it's going to be a really good series, I think. Yeah. I wish the Wings had Paige Robinson on it. Then I would be <laughs> definitely rooting for... Local for basketball yeah. star. Yeah. Shout out Paige Robinson. Uh, but it, I, I, I think this will be a close game. I honestly couldn't really pick a winner just because I, I think it's just going to be that close. Four fives are always amazing matchups. I, I'm just kind of in it for the ride on this one. It, if I had to guess, probably Wings, but... I, I, w- I wouldn't mind if, if the Dream won, too. So. Um, all right. So who, who you got in the finals? Uh, <laughs> educated guess. Educated guess. I'm going to say the Aces and the Liberty, which is going to be super entertaining. But with, like you said, with uh, Ellen Deladon back, uh, I could see the Mystics making it as the seven the seven seed. As well, to to, I I'm I'm pretty sure the aces have their side of the bracket. They have a pretty easy side of the bracket. Yes, yeah. Not to disrespect any of those teams, the aces are just the best team maybe Back ever. Then. Yeah, yeah. So I I I would assume they're probably going to be in the finals. And my best guess is the Liberty as well. And I cannot wait for this matchup if if that does happen. It is two powerhouses, arguably the two the two biggest powerhouses in the. In the W, so I'm just really excited to see them play each other if they do. What who do, who do you have? I I think it'll be Aces Liberty as well, but mm-hmm. the Liberty, I mean, that brutal their side of the bracket is. Mm-hmm. They have the Mystics. I think they're probably the third best team right now. I don't want to disrespect the other teams' regular seasons, but I do think the Mystics are the fourth best team. Sorry. Yeah. And then the Sun, the third best team. Both teams are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the Liberty have. Been pretty dominant against the Sun this season, uh, they, including I, I want to say a thirty-one point beatdown without Anescu a couple mm-hmm. couple weeks ago. So um, I like the Liberty to make it there. It's just a lot harder for them. And boy, do I want Liberty Aces in the finals. <laughs> it's gonna be so entertaining. Well, none of their games this season have been close. They've all been really entertaining. Somebody's somebody gets hot every time. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's just like it, both of these teams usually have. In comparison to like the the NBA, like a Stephen Curry performance where it's just someone lights up three point arc or just is dominating the game from every level. Mm. So I'm I'm just really hoping really hoping for this um, this matchup in the finals. Who do, I, you, who do you have winning it? So I I want to say the Liberty. I I do think they match up well with the Aces mm-hmm. and they've got a little bit more explosiveness from mm-hmm. the three point line. Um, but if Candace Parker comes back, that's going to change yeah. some things. I don't know what her timeline is, if she has a chance of getting back. Um, and if if the Aces can kind of make it a little bit more of a grindy matchup, mm-hmm. which is weird to say because they're the best offense in WNBA history, but if they if they let it flow, the Liberty would win that matchup. Yeah. If, but if they can kind of mix it up a little bit, I, I, then they have a chance, I think. Yeah. I, I, I'd be very interested in a Candace Parker-Brianna Stewart matchup. Yeah, that'd be I, very fun to watch. I would like both teams to be healthy if if we're getting yeah. there. And I 
I really just wish we'd get seven games in the finals. Yeah. I, I think they need to, to, to do that going forward. Yeah, especially, I mean, you could just ramp it up every time. So first round is three, second round is five, finals is seven. I mean, it just seems that. And give us seven games to the two best teams. Yeah. And it's only two more games if yeah. you play that. Like, I'm obviously not the one running, you know, running up and down the court and busting my body open, but, you know. I, two, what's two extra games? I think it'd be good for it. Good yeah. for the sport. Um, yeah. Do you, anything else you got here? Any award predictions for the WNBA? Anything else? No, I, I I haven't watched enough of the W to to really guess on the awards. But I do have some uh, records that were broken this season, though. All right. Um, so uh, basically. Huge numbers put up this year. Uh, single season scoring records all throughout. Like uh, Jewel Lloyd from the Storm, Seattle Storm, uh, put up 939 points this season in 38 games. Most points played. in a season mm-hmm. ever. Uh, 24.7 points a game, I believe. Yep. Brianna Stewart was barely behind her at 919, 919 points, 20 points behind Jewel Lloyd in 40 games. So she now has the second most in a season. Uh, Aja Wilson, Asia, it's Asia Wilson, yeah. uh, this year scored 912, so seven behind Brianna Stewart uh, in 40 games, and then Diana Taurasi, and then in 2006. So they just stepped above her this season. Yeah. But Diana Taurasi scored 860 in 34 games. Wow. So... Diana Taurasi was just kind of good that season. Kind of. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Um, and it's it, the, the stats just go on and on with this, uh, with the offseason. Uh, Stewart also season. shattered the record for most uh, 40 point games in a season. She had, I believe she had five. And the previous record, I want to say, was two or was it three? Uh, she recorded four 40 point oh, four. And the. I don't know what the previous one was, but there were 13 40-point games in the, in the W this year, which is the most for a single person with uh, Brown Stewart and most in WNBA history. So definitely some some light scoring, nothing yeah. nothing too bad. And then Jewel Lloyd, uh, yes, 24.7 points per game is the second highest average in the WNBA behind Donna Taurasi. Of course, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, some other things. Uh, Alyssa Thompson uh, recorded six. Thomas, Alyssa Thomas. Thomas, not Th- yeah. It's like the uh, uh, Matisse and Tyrese Thibault thing again. <laughs> uh, Alyssa Thomas recorded six of the WNBA's thirteen triple doubles this season, which uh, I believe is also a record. Yes, for by, most by one player, and and in the league as well because there's thirteen. She had three of those in one week. <laughs> Nuts. Um, another one, uh, Asia Wilson scored 53 points. It's, uh, she tied the, the record for most points in a single game in the third 50 point game, uh, in history. Mm-hmm. And Sabrina Ionescu, uh, had, now has the record of 128 made threes beating Diana Taurasi as well. Wow. So, uh, and then she also scored a 37 out of 40 possible on the all-star break three-point contest. Ridiculous. Missed two shots. Yeah. Beating WNBA and NBA single round contest records. Wow. So definitely stat filling. Oh, also 
more on Dion Taurasi, became the first WNBA player to reach uh, 10,000 points ever. Oh, so okay. hats off. Congratulations. He did it with a 40-point game. Yeah. He's just chucking everything. <laughs> yeah. Now, there's one person that I think I, I really miss in the, in the WNBA is Sue Bird. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really enjoy watching watching her play, but these these new you know newer players in the league are really showing out. So definitely some, some talent behind her. All right, so want to wrap up with that, move on to the crazy stats for the... Yeah, what do you got for trivia? Okay, uh, the, I got a couple of funny ones here, but... Uh, so, this this is not the funny one, but just crazy stats. Uh, the best and worst starts in the NBA history in one season. So, in 2015-2016, Golden State started out 24-0. and um, That was the year that they went 73-9. and now the worst starts, or 09, the New Jersey Nets before they moved to Brooklyn, and the Philadelphia 76ers in 1516 mm. with Jula Okafor at the the that was the big name on the team at that point. <laughs> um, went 0 and 18. Both teams started 0 and 18. The Nets finished 12 and 70 that season, and the Sixers finished 10 and 72. <laughs> Just the inverse of the prior best record yeah. ever with the Chicago Bulls. And the Warriors stole all their wins. <laughs> yeah. So uh, just some crazy stats with that to start off the season as we as we are heading into the beginning of this, this next season. Um, so uh, there's only one person in the league that has 200 steals per season uh, by active players. Or not per season, but ever. 200 steals in one season. Do, do you know Only one person has had a season with 200 steals. Yeah, and he's done it twice. Uh, I mean, John Stockton? Chris Paul. Chris Paul. I yep. mean, yeah, okay. He did an 07, 08, and 08, 09. The wow. rest of the NBA has done it zero times. That's, that's kind of surprising considering Stockton is like way ahead of everyone yeah. on the steals list. Yeah. He just had a really long career. Yeah, he played forever. And Chris Paul has had injuries here and there, so yeah. I'm sure that's probably affected the overall the, the thing with that. Um, then the last thing I would like to say is, uh, this is a very odd statistic, but it's very funny. So Kawhi and Paul George uh, have played, played 38 games together in the 22-23 season. In uh, half the time that they had to play, to, the half the time of an NBA season, hmm. uh, Taylor Swift performed in seventy-eight concerts, <laughs> and she has a banner hung up in Staples. Well, it's Crypto Center now, isn't it? Crypto.com. Yeah, yeah. Um, she has a banner up in there now because she performed there. Oh my God! The Clippers don't even have a banner. <laughs> In Staples Center for anything yet. Oh, no. so, so Taylor Swift has a banner in Staples Center, but the Clippers don't. If that just tells you anything about the Clippers' uh, tenure at the Staples Center, which, you know, hopefully their new, brand new stadium, whenever it comes out, they get to fill that with plenty of banners. Yeah, they'll but... get Taylor Swift to play there right away, get a banner up there. <laughs> So, obviously, Taylor Swift has been taking the world by storm this last year. I thought that was just very funny that they she's performed at twice the amount of concerts that they have played together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to wrap her up? Yeah. Okay. Uh, quick programming note. We're releasing this on Wednesday, the Wednesday before the Monday when we would normally release it. 
Uh, we wanted to get it out before the WNBA playoffs started, and we also had some scheduling issues, so we had to record yeah. early. Uh, we will return to our normal schedule for episode eight. Yeah, so it'll be a little bit extra, or, you know, a little bit extra time in between episodes, but we'll be back with uh, a little bit more information, and we'll maybe know more about the uh, voting on the stricter guidelines for uh, sitting players. And uh, probably preview the uh, NBA season since yep. that'll be coming right up by that time. Yep, and then we'll be deep in the WNBA playoffs by the time we record again. So yep. we'll we'll see we'll see then. You want to do a little bit one on one? Yeah, let's get to the trivia. Oh, oh first off, uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, social media, all our social media platforms: Instagram, uh, Twitter, X. Twitter um, <laughs> and make sure to DM us with any questions you got. I'll try to send out another uh, thing on Instagram asking que- for anyone who has questions. We'll answer it on the next episode. So uh, we are at, at the CACS pod on all those platforms. Give us a DM and uh, then we'll be back in two weeks to hopefully answer any questions that are available. Two and a half weeks. But. Yep. Yep. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Five, four lead right now. Uh, four, Five. four, three is four, three, yeah, four, three, three lead. Yeah. Okay, so sticking FIBA related stuff oh, right now. Really. So, uh, in twenty nineteen, who won the World Cup? Twenty nineteen. This was the last time they competed. Uh, I will give you a hint. It's not the U.S. The, I mean, France. Ooh, not France. It was Spain. Spain. Ah, Spain was really good that year. First front end miss. <laughs> so I, I, I will give you, uh, if you get this question right, this one's really difficult. I will give, I'll give you the point. All right. How about that? All right. Um, it, the, someone stepped across the line while you were shooting the first oh. free throw, so you get another one. <laughs> yeah. so. uh, when was the first ever FIBA tournament held? What year? First ever FIBA tournament. I'm going to go... 1970. 1950. Oh, wow. And it was actually, the, the final was between, it was held in Argentina, and Argentina and uh, the U.S. competed, and Argentina beat the U.S. That's dis- that's very, very disappointing for the U.S. Yeah. That, that, that had to hurt. You yeah. invented it, like, a couple years before that, and then, yep. you, and then you lose? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just to, you know, finish this out here, the U.S. doesn't really have a whole lot of care for the FIBA tournament. Uh, it, I mean, most of the time it's not super important. We are five for 19 now in FIBA tournaments. Hmm. We've won five out of the 19. Probably so, still pretty high on list of total yeah. gold medals. Yugoslavia has like six FIBA World Tur- World Championship really? goals. Yeah. It's well, so weird. Well, we can't defend that anymore, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, and Soviet Union has three, but we don't have to worry about that anymore because the Soviet Union's just not <laughs> a thing. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, also, one more thing. Thank you to Cottage for the use of our intro and outro music. Right. Thanks uh, for listening. We are sad at 4-3. Right, still. Yeah. 4-3 is a score. So. All right. We'll see you back in a couple of weeks. Bye.